Hi, and welcome to the Simply Podcast. Today, we've got another episode of Women in Comms. I'm Rose, the Event and Production Coordinator. And I'm Aish, Content Executive here at Simply. Aish, who do we have joining us today? So for this Women in Comms, we're speaking to Carly Cook, who is a creative communications practitioner specialising in bringing brands to life to elevate the employee experience. She is the owner of Carly Cook Comms, where her creative approach helps businesses close the gap between vision, values and employee experience. We're also joined by Vita Patel, who's Managing Director of Comms Rebel, an internal communication and employee experience consultancy. Uh, she is also the co-founder of A Leader Like Me, a global membership programme which helps underrepresented women of colour succeed further in their career, and a co-host of an award-winning podcast called Calm Edged Rebels. Let's get started then. Welcome, Carly and Edvita. Could you just tell us like a little bit about yourselves and a little bit about your background? Do you want to go first, Edvita? <laughs> uh, yeah, I can do. Yeah, I can. Um, so I'll try and keep it brief. So background, I started in communications like many people through default. It was, wasn't my intention to work in comms. I actually wanted to work in information tech. Uh, that was my background. That was my first degree that I did uh, IT in. Um, but sadly, when I graduated, there was um, I specialised in in programming. So I did C++ and JavaScript and HTML. There was a huge dot-com crash when I graduated and people just weren't hiring. Uh, and unlike today, there was no support for women in particular uh, in tech. As much as it's so different now, there's so many groups and support networks available, but you're kind of alone. Um, so uh, like any person, I kind of messed about for a couple of years in various roles that I just hated. And then I applied to work as an admissions officer randomly uh, at university and did um, started a master's in human resources. And it wasn't until my marketing manager that I worked with a day a week encouraged me to uh, change over to strategic marketing masters because she said I had a natural knack. Uh, and that's what I did. So I, I swapped my master's over to strategic marketing. I started to work in comms. Um, my very first job was sold as sold to me as marketing officer. But in fact, as I recognised uh, probably about eight months down the line, it was more internal communications. And that was my first kind of dab at internal comms. That was about 18 years ago. Um, and in those days, internal comms, and I suppose it, it's, it ha you may feel like it's not changed, but it was very much internal focused. Uh, so, you know, doing newsletters and magazines and internal journalism, as I called it at the time, there was no real talk around uh, internal comms folks getting involved in engagement or empowerment or culture uh, and things like that. And I have seen a shift, I would say, in the last five to 10 years where I see folks are getting more involved in contributing to things like culture and engagement and empowerment and experience, uh, recognising that what happens you know, what takes place on the inside uh, is often reflected on the outside, which is a, a quote that I first heard from Daniel Chan at a CIPR event in uh, 2017. And I know Rachel Miller uses it quite frequently now as well. But it's true, you know, what does happen on the inside is definitely reflected on the outside. And a lot of folks at the time when I started, it wasn't recognised. And now it is with social media explosion. So, yeah, so that's how I kind of got into IC. And I stayed in IC since then. I, I dabbled in... Uh, media relations and public relations. I did a little bit of public affairs, hated all of them. It wasn't my cup of tea at all. Uh, internal comms was definitely my um, where my strengths 
were and I enjoyed as well. And Carly? Um, so I, my sort of path is probably quite squiggly. Um, you know, there's that uh, podcast in the book called Squiggly Careers, which I definitely relate to. Um, but I, I'm a creative through and through, and I'm probably one of the most qualified creatives you'll find because I did all of my GCSEs. I chose art over humanity, so I ended up with something like five art GCSEs. I then did a BND in art and ended up with something like five or six art A levels, and then I did an art degree. So um, <laughs> I was, yeah, I, 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 I didn't really know what I wanted to do, though. I just knew that I was creative. Um, and then kind of after graduating, I, di I, I didn't really have any sense of where I was going and just kind of fell into administ like administrative work. Um, and I think what I, what I realise now looking back is that I always ended up doing comms activities at work, but I never knew that's what they were. And now I look back and realise I was the one that was volunteering to do the team newsletter and you know, organise the staff events and doing all of the, you making sure that everyone was communicated to in the right way. It just, it was, I was a finance administrator, so comms was nowhere near my job description. <laughs> um, and then I had kids and I guess it was really when I was um, raising my three boys that I started to realise there's this communications world that I really want to be part of and I, I started writing a blog which was all about thrifty living because prior to having kids we had two incomes and we used to I found one of my old meal plans and it was you know king prawn curry and duck breast and all these things and then uh, I stopped working and we were eating lentils and um, <laughs> I was having to be thrifty so I started a blog and, and wrote about um, all of those changes and then I started volunteering in my church in Newcastle. I, I, I volunteered to lead a comms team, which didn't exist at the time. Um, and then it wasn't until I was then looking for paid work that when I was looking for comms jobs, I realised the ones that resonated with me most were internal comms roles. And that actually that's what I'd been doing in this role um, at my church was you know I was leading the communications that was happening inside the organization um, and so yeah I guess it kind of happened accidentally and then um, a year ago I decided to quit my job because it wasn't going where I wanted it to be I, I still wasn't in an official comms role um, and I kept applying for jobs and being told I didn't have enough experience and I I had a few moments where you know I guess I had quite a lot of self-doubt and then and then I realized you know I'm a pretty capable woman I've I've led teams of you know tens of people I've developed comm strategies I've I've got great great creative background and I can I can make things happen so I decided that I would sort of take maths into my own hands and started Carly Cook comms a year ago so it's my one year business anniversary next friday so um yeah it's exciting <laughs> oh congratulations on your one year um business anniversary that's amazing and i totally relate to the uh the squiggly career path i um i started out in law uh oh, and wow. then i went to comms so <laughs> totally get you there um 
So you both now work at Comms Rebel. Uh, could you tell us a bit about what you both do there? So Carly is one of my associates for Comms Rebel. So I work with different associates um, to bring in the skill and the talent that I need to support the work that I do. So as Carly, uh, as, as Carly demonstrated in her background, is very creative and has a very different mindset to what I do when it comes to creative work. And I needed somebody who could challenge some of my thinking, could bring some creative element to some of the work I was doing, especially the conference, the Inner Rebel Conference, because as well as um, the, the experience that Carly brought with her art and creative side, there was also events experience and peppered with, you know, with the foundation, I should say, not peppered with, a foundation of internal comms, it was a perfect fit for what I needed in terms of an associate. Uh, and that's how Comms Rebel kind of works, really. So we have Carly is one of the associates. We also work with uh, Reaper, um, who does like the copywriting stuff, and she's uh, she's an associate. Uh, I've also brought in alternative graphic designers, so Vardeep was somebody who worked on the graphics for Inner Rebel, and she's done a few other bits for me. Also worked with another graphic designer. So it's a mix. So we have a mix of talent um, that I bring in depending on what projects we've got involved, and it's a great way of working because it means that you can tap into the great talent that's out there without having to um, bring on permanent folks and it allows them, the associates, to have more flexibility in the way they work and the different clients that they work with as well so you're not committed to just one organisation and it's a great way for me as well to learn from different people and understand um, the skills that I don't have or where I need to up upskill or where I can bring in the skills that I need uh, at the time. So that's how control works. So I owe Comms Rebel, it was something I set up a couple of years ago um, because like Carly, I, I, I needed, I wanted and needed some flexibility in the way I work, but I was also, I would say, hitting a concrete ceiling uh, a lot in, in some of the roles I was in. And it's a tough gig, you know, if you're not prepared to adapt your personality or change the way you are or relocate uh, either, you know, to the, to the London, as people kept saying to me, you need to go to London if you want to succeed. And I wasn't prepared to do that. Um, and I was a little bit tired of waiting for validation from other people when they felt I was ready to succeed and ready to move forward. And I had this kind of greater purpose to try and help as many organisations and people that I could with not only their confidence, but also around inclusion and helping folks thrive in, in the work that I do. And as Carly, you know, when Carly and I started to work together, one of the best things is, is that there's no rules comms rebel you know we, we push the boundaries sometimes we have to kind of pull it back occasionally because uh, both of us are, are as bad as each other when it comes to kind of <laughs> over the top creative ideas but it's good because we have no rules there's no rules you know we try things we're not afraid to fail you know we try it doesn't work we move on we learn from it right and you have to take those risks uh, when you do something like comms rebel or work for, your, for yourself and all those kind of independent practitioners um, have the benefits and the privilege to do that, which I didn't have when I worked in-house. Definitely. And um, I know that, Advita, we've chatted about this before, but would you mind um, going into why you called it Comms Rebel? Yeah, well, it all, st I mean, it started, at, well, going back a little bit, I, um, I never did public speaking up until 2018, um, mainly through, I never felt I had anything worthwhile to say. There was never real any opportunities and people never really asked either to be fair and I wasn't brave enough at that time to put myself forward for any opportunity so I just kind of kept my head down and didn't really put myself out there and then an opportunity came up to speak at an event I just finished reading a year of yes by Shonda Rhimes and I thought you know what I'm just going to say yeah 
let's just say yeah and see what happens and it was incredible and I had a fantastic time uh, lots of folks came over to me to say that they've never seen um, an Asian woman a South Asian woman on stage talking about things like this it's quite rare to see that especially in PR and comms which kind of gave me an idea about you know what if you do take those risks and unleash your inner rebel a bit more um, and then my very first um, presentation independent presentation at a charity comms event actually was about unleashing your inner rebel and then I got allocated a mentor, a coach, and uh, she asked me what I was kind of going to call my business when I decided I was going to set my own business up. And, and I don't think Carly agrees, but when you're trying to find a business name, it's probably the most hardest thing <laughs> in the world to think about because you do, you know, there's, there's different opportunities, different words, and, and loads of those clever names that you think about have been taken already. Um, so anyway, so I remember sitting down with Sarah, who's my, uh, I had a coaching opportunity with her. She was CEO of a shoe man manufacturing company and I was lucky enough to be allocated her part of the Northern Power Women movement that I was a member of uh, and Sarah's first question was what you're calling your business so I called it I, at the time my business was called Advita Communications um, and I'll catch up with that because my name by that point I built my brand up under my name my name's quite unique um, and I, you know I bought the domain name I registered the company business under that name I had business cards printed I was well on my way um, and Sarah just looked really blankly at me and, and said, why have you called yourself Advisa Communications? And I said, oh, it's because it's my name and it's unique. And I did all the kind of sell. And she's like, oh, it's just like you don't like it doesn't mean anything to me, that name. I was like, oh, OK, what do you mean? She went, well, to, if you emailed me and I said it's Advisa Communications, your personality doesn't come out in that at all. She went, I've spoken to you for the last 35 minutes, 40 minutes, and, you, you, you know, you're your um, enthusiasm and excitement about the work that you do does not come across in the name that you just shared with me. And I would actually think you're a telecoms company, is what she said. And there's actually a French fashion brand called Advita as well, which I didn't know. But anyway, <laughs> um, I know, and I had no idea. And then, um, so she, 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 I remember feeling really quite uncomfortable at this point because she's like, well, tell me something a bit different about you. What stands you out? What's unique about you? And I remember kind of saying to her, oh, I think I'm. You know, I'm, I'm creative. I I like um, I, I'm a good writer. You know, that it's like boring, boring, <laughs> boring. I was like, oh my god, this woman is killing me. I was sweating, <laughs> honestly sweating. My pounds were just sweaty and everything. And then uh, I whispered. I remember this like whispering, going, well, I do talk about like unleashing your inner rebel and being a bit of a comms rebel. And she went, nailed it. There you go, comms rebel done. So that's that shows excitement. It shows energy. It shows something different. Uh, so I owe it to Sarah Prowse actually. So she is listening or watching this. I, I'll I'll tag her. Uh, she she kind of uh, helped me. I think I knew deep down I wanted to call it com travel, but I was a bit frightened of being so bold. Uh, and I'm still on my confidence journey, as I call it, which sounds a bit, you know, cliche. But I was going through this whole uncovering myself and discovering who I was and all that kind of jazz. So I was a bit nervous about calling myself something so bold and rebel has weird connotations for different people, doesn't it? So some people don't look at it in a positive light and, and, and others do. So, yeah, that's how it all started. Thanks to uh, thanks to Sarah. Incredible. That is it's a really nice and bold name. And I think it, it suits what you guys do as well. Being so like creative. It's great because it allows people like Carly as well, who has this creative side, who wants to explore risks you know take those risks in and push out and it attracts the right type of associates and and consultants to work with me because uh, comms rebel you know i've spoken quite openly about this isn't for everybody 
and my favourite quote, you know, you can't be everyone's cup of tea, otherwise you'd be a mug. And I'm okay with people, you know, I've, I've become, I've now become more comfortable with people not liking me or not liking what I do, and that is okay. And I think we spend so much of our time and energy, especially as women, uh, in this profession to be liked. You know, we have this likability factor that we need everyone to like us about who we are and stuff like that. And my kind of ethos of life is, you know, as long as they respect what you're doing and, and you're kind with how you're presenting yourself, then it doesn't matter if you're liked or if people don't think you're nice. Those kind of things that are normally associated to women, uh, women in general, but definitely women in comms who feel like they have to bring that extra niceness or extra, you know, kindness or likability factor for people to, uh, you know, work with them. And I don't think that's true. Yeah, 100%. I think, yeah, as you said, don't have to be everyone's cup of tea, do you? So you work with organisations to help them to create a more uh, inclusive culture. Um, what are some of the challenges that you feel like you feel like you face um, in that space? Oh, big question, Aish, big question. There's so many, I mean, you know what, I'm going to throw this to Carly. <laughs> Carly's, worked, Carly's worked with me now for a, a, over a year and she's worked on, well, a year, yeah. almost a year, because I think <laughs> that's about two weeks after you started. And we've done some inclusion work together. So I'm going to throw it to Carly, because I know I have a bias in this. So I'm going to throw it to Carly and, and ask her to start <laughs> the answer to this question. Oh, my goodness. Um, so... I think one of the biggest challenges we come up against is, and I mean, you, you could probably guess it, is the whole area of performative action. And so you get people who are like, oh, we'll bring in an inclusion specialist and that will solve all our problems. And then you start digging and you realise, oh, they don't know what they're doing. And, um, you know, they don't, they don't realise how deep rooted it is and how you really need to get... Um, you need to get people on board with why you're going through down that inclusion route in the first place because I think um yeah people see it as a tick box exercise they you know they have it as one of their values is we want people to feel included and and obviously you know in the wake of everything that happened in the last couple of years it has it has gone higher up on the agenda which is absolutely the right thing but I think um it's having the right people in place to work with that can um, that can actually make a difference. So, um, you know, we'll go into organisations and, and advise them on ways that they can improve their communications to make them more inclusive. So we'll look at the language that they're using. We'll look at things like their policies and their guidelines. You know, are they, are they focused on one particular demographic? Um, but as lot, but if the people that are, are left in that business at the end of the day haven't really taken it to heart, then change isn't going to happen. So I think that's you know that's a real challenge for us is to really get under the hood to work with people to help them understand their um, you know the way they see things and uh, to help to really persuade them that this is the right thing to do and to engage wholeheartedly in it. Um, so I, I think, yeah, I'd say that's one of the biggest challenges. Um, Advita, would you add anything? Yeah, no, you're 100% right. I think the, I think the people fall into the trap of, of performative action quite quickly because it's easy, right? And when you see other people externally doing it, you think you're missing out, so you join in on the noise and you know jump on that bandwagon without actually thinking why. 
So why are we doing this? You know, and if we are going to be celebrating or raising awareness around particular subjects and topics, then are we, are we, you know, are we doing what we need to do for our people? Or are we just being tokenistic in our gestures so we don't get called out? And a lot of organisations and leaders that we work with, do you have that fear? You know, we are living in a world where, you know, you can get called out quite publicly now. You know, nothing is sacred in, internally anymore. People are recording team meetings and posting them online. People are sharing their notes from leaders, what they've said. And there's this fear of making mistakes. There's a fear of failing. And when you have that fear, it either stops you in your tracks so you don't do anything, or you make assumptions or you make silly mistakes based on other people's kind of what other people are doing. And when you follow other people without having that knowledge yourself, you are, you know, you're setting yourself up for a little bit of a fail there. So the whole part of the work we do through Comms Rebel is to build that confidence. You know, everything we do is the foundation is giving confidence to the people that we work with and making sure that they have a safe space, a safe space to talk about some of these subjects that they may feel uncomfortable talking about or asking questions that they feel that they may be, you know, I use a quote, cancelled, because it mm -hmm. is, you know, do you feel being cancelled and asked to have you, had your resignation if things are not moving quick enough? And to a part of it's like, good, you know, we do need to look at those people who are not willing to change and, uh, and have biases that are not willing to address. They need to be educated. If not willing to be educated or move forward, then they need to consider whether the right they're the right people for that organization. But, you know, we need to also realize that a lot of folks, if you look at the change curve, a lot of folks take a while to kind of get through it and you need to be sympathetic, empathetic to some people's change and give them the education that they need to understand why, we, why we're asking them to do certain things and why certain things are not acceptable anymore. Um, and then, you know, you allow them to learn and grow into that moment. And if they're not moving forward, that's when the organisation needs to address that. But you can't do that until you know your why uh, and the purpose of what you're trying to do. Uh, so, Carly, you work with communicators to join the dots between vision, values and employee experience. Uh, what's some of the challenges you face as a consultant while trying to do this? Well... I mean, so it's quite early days for me still at Carly Cook Comms. Um, uh, but I think, you know, the role of communicators, internal communicators, is is always about, you know, that exchange of information on the inside of an organisation. It's helping employees to understand the, you know, the the goals and the objectives of the 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 CEO and the senior teams, and just and to make sure that there are no gaps in that communication and I think the thing that really motivates me is that I believe that people are worth communicating well with and I've worked in so many organizations where um, you know they might have a set of values or a culture statement of this you know this is what it's like to be here and then you you actually work in that organization and you realize that doesn't run through every layer and I think I've always been, when I've worked in those organisations, I've always been someone who, I've, I, I call myself a positive disruptor. So I'll, I don't just, I'm not just going to accept that. I'll call them out on it and say, you know, you said, you said this is important. So why am I experiencing something different? So I think that's what I'm really bringing into organisations is that sense of understanding what it feels like to be an employee who is is told one thing but their experience is different 
Um, and so, yeah, I think it's, again, it comes down to that performative action. So having values, you know, painted on the walls and written on the website doesn't really mean anything if the um, the way that you're treated at work, the way that you're communicated to doesn't demonstrate that. So I think really the challenge is getting people to to understand how how those things connect and it's thinking through you know if, if you've got if you've got these goals or these values then what are the behaviors that you need to demonstrate that will that will actually embed those in the organization and make them lived lived out um so yeah i think i think that's uh, that's one of the challenges i would say yeah is it ever so with you guys being super super creative and you know especially with your background Carly um do you ever kind of produce a solution and people are like whoa that's too creative at all does that happen or not really that often um I so I experienced that in in my previous job um the one that I left I had so many creative ideas but there just wasn't space for it I think there was a lot of playing it safe and so again it was me saying you know we talk about so one of our cultural values in that organization was courage like being courageous um and so I'd come up with these ideas that I thought were pretty you know courageous and and they wanted to play it safe and I just felt like you know I'd I want to I'm going to push the boundaries of what we can do that you know where the brand identity like where the the lines kind of begin and end like I'm going to push those because I think that's what it looks like to be courageous in this organization um but yeah so I think that because I, I'm used to working on a budget so I've always I've never had big budgets to work with um but yeah, I think it was just having that, having that space to, you know, push against the boundaries. And I think that's something I've experienced with Advita is, you know, I'll have big crazy ideas and she's like, yeah, go for it. And I'm, I'm a bit like, really? But okay, because <laughs> I'm so used to having been limited, which is partly why I left because I was like, I just, I need to, you know, I'm a, I'm a butterfly. I need to spread my wings all the phrases. <laughs> So, yeah, I think uh, that's yeah, that's my experience anyway. <laughs> I think when you call yourself comms rebel, if you don't have bold ideas that are different, then you're not, I'm not living, you know, not doing my name any justice. So I think people expect bold, creative ideas under my comms rebel brand. I think I was quite privileged in some of the roles I had where you were encouraged to be creative, to be honest, but I think I stopped myself from putting my, you know, being too out there because I, I, I felt like I felt like I had to, I had to be a certain way to progress and succeed. And I think again, that's some challenges that we face as individuals who are trying to progress in careers that you, you fit into the mold, don't you? Depending on the culture of the organisation, and if the culture of the organisation is quite safe and quite corporate and quite, you know grey suited and, 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 and narrow minded in essence in some parts you kind of fall into that because you want to belong and you want to be able to thrive and, and move forward and you, you know as communicators we're quite intuitive with who we are and what we're about and if you if you are in this environment continuously then you do conform 
to what they believe is is the right way or the the you know the correct way. And I used to call myself the communications chameleon, because um, I used to go around telling folks that I can adapt my personality depending on who I'm talking to, without realizing that I was actually you know um, changing who I was to make other people feel comfortable in my presence. Um, which is which is a really like when you start digging a bit deeper into that, it's 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 a little bit scary how easily influenced you can be by more dominant personalities if you're not certain about your own, you know, characteristic and who you are as a person, which is why I always advise folks to understand themselves and respect themselves and build their self-worth and self-esteem and confidence. Because once you have that, you become like Teflon. Uh, and things kind of bounce off you and you, and you don't readjust yourself because you feel that this person is better than you or uh, is more experienced than you because they seem to have succeeded. Uh, and I think that's what happens in corporate. So you are a bit stifled with creativity and to Carla's point, you end, you do end up going and leaving and, and setting yourself up for uh, a new business or going somewhere where you are respected. Mm. And Advita and Carly, having met you guys, I can't imagine uh, you guys changing your personality for anything because... <laughs> you're such good communicators so it would be a shame <laughs> it's, it is you know and I think having your own and Carly and I have spoken about this before and I know Carly is a year behind me in terms of what, uh, what I do but the privilege of having your own business gives you permission to be bolder and to mm. be creative and I recognize that not everybody has that and I know this interview is around women in comms and, you know, a part of this, like I said before in our conversation, is that some women feel like they have to be a certain characteristic to succeed. And they don't have that privilege to speak up or have that conversation or be bold in their organisation in the fear of being called out, or either, you know, being aggressive or being sensitive or being emotional or being, you know, she's obviously can't cope. How many of you know people listening to this conversation today? I, I can guarantee the majority of the folks probably have heard that at some point in their career when they dare raise their head above the parapet and step up and say, "I don't agree with that." You know, you'll be told to, you'll be told by somebody, "Oh, don't get emotional about it. Oh, don't take it too seriously. Oh, you 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 know, you're getting a bit sensitive about it. Oh, do you want to go outside and calm down?" You know, you get all of that as soon as you show a little bit of emotion. But if a man and I am generalising here a little bit, but if generally if a man shows emotion, you know, he's passionate, he's keen, he's enthusiastic, he's got fire, he's mm. powerful. You know, you get those kind of words associated to them. And it's really interesting when you start tuning in to how other people describe women. So then women hold themselves back, in my opinion, because when you do put yourself out there, you just you, you treat it differently. And if the organisation isn't ready for you uh, and your personality, then they will end up chipping away at you until you end up just being a bit submissive and just keep your head down because you don't want to, you know, take risks because you're frightened of what that might mean for you and your career, sadly. Yeah. Yeah, that is a huge problem, I think, um, still in organisations even to this day. So what would your advice be to any communicator that is like brand new in the field, just coming into comms? Um, and what are some things that you wish that you knew before you got into a comms career? I think being curious, like I'm a big fan of curiosity and asking why. Uh, I wish I did ask, I wish I asked more whys when I started out in my career. I, th I think I was too keen and eager to please, so I never really asked many questions. Um, and then I learned as you get older, obviously, you kind of learn you can't 
you don't know anything if you don't ask those questions. So when you're starting out, and, and, and it doesn't matter if you're starting out if you're, you know, 10 years into your career, be curious about what has been asked of you and why you're doing certain things and ask that, that why. Because if you don't know as a communicator why certain things have been asked, then, you know, I guarantee that there's there's majority of the folks in your organisation don't understand why certain things are happening. And it's your role as a communicator to make sure that things are being communicated effectively and are making sense and are adding value and are aligning to the business objectives. And if they're not, then you have every right to ask that question and be curious about, can you explain how this links? And I don't really quite understand, you know, can you can you break it down for me? Um, and, and having that, you know, it, it takes a while to practice, but nothing truly bad happens uh, if you ask that why. It just asks, it just makes means that that other person is thinking a little bit more about actually why am I asking this question? So be curious. I think mm -hmm. that's really important. Yeah. Um, anything to add, Carly? Yeah, I think for me, so one of the big barriers to me in terms of pursuing internal comms once I discovered what it was, um, was that all of the job adverts talked about being a writer. And I felt like, um, you know, I can write, but writing isn't my sort of number one strength. And I think I, for eight, for a long time, felt like, oh, I can't apply for that job because um, it's all, I need to be a writer to communicate. But I think now I realise that actually, especially in this day and age, I think, you know, we're not, internal comms kind of started out, um, you know, quite journalistically um, with, you know, the things like newsletters and um, printing press and, all, and, and those sorts of things. Whereas now you've got podcasts and videos and, um so many different ways to communicate so I think if I I think if I'd had more confidence in in the fact that I can communicate through written form but also other ways as well um I think that would have given me more confidence and just realizing that um writing isn't the be all and end all of internal comms um so I think that's definitely something when I reflect back I think I wish I'd I'd known, I'd, I wish I'd understood that more. Yeah, definitely. You guys just hosted an amazing event, uh, which was really successful, really highly like rated. Can you tell us a bit about your event? Uh, yeah, so Inner Rebel came about, about a, uh, came about about a year ago when I read uh, a book by Matthew Said called Rebel Ideas. And in his book, he talks a lot around uh, cognitive diversity, but also demographic diversity uh, and information bubbles and echo chambers. And one of the challenges um, I came across quite frequently in the world of comms and PR specifically was, the, and, and, and other industries actually, but was a lack of representation on stage and different thoughts. And that I don't only mean demographic de uh, diversity that Matthew mentioned, but also cognitive, cognitive diversity. Um, and as communicators, we often lean into people who have the same, uh, who are from the same industry as us, right? So comms events are normally from, we normally hear from speakers who are from the communications world, which is, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, it's a good thing to learn from others as well in the industry. But there's also something in finding out um, knowledge and information from people who don't work within comms and understanding what they are about. So we are out, we, we, ex, we expand beyond our information bubble that we are in and also have representation on stage from different demographic diversity, which is something that's lacking in some events that you know, I've been part of. And 
I used to, Priya and I, who's my co-founder for a leader like me, when we used to both, well, both of us spoke about being quite pleased and quite, you know, um, chuffed is the word I always use in, in the North about being asked to speak at these events and being only person of colour, um, thinking that we were special. You know, look at us, this, you know, we're being asked to with all these kind of white folks and, you know, how great are we? And then, you know, it was a few years in, we were like, but hang on a minute. Like, why are we not seeing more people like us? There, you know, there's definitely talent out there, the skills out there, and they're not being heard and not being visible. Uh, so that's where the underrepresented list came in that I created. And Inner Rebel was was created partly from my desire to demonstrate what a good or a great event can be like when you put thought into it. And also what it's like to learn from others who are not from the same industry as you um, and to bring that different type of thinking and making a difference to the world of work, which is the ethos of Inner Rebel. So how can we make a difference to the world of work and being a bit rebellious with how we do that? Uh, and that's why, you know, after reading a book by Mafi Saeed, I asked Mafi Saeed to be one of our keynotes because he inspired the kind of thinking behind Inner Rebel. So that's that's the kind of starting point of, of where it started and why um, I feel, and, and Nokali will add her, her thoughts, is, is why it was a success, because it did feel different. And I know I'm biased because, you know, as part of that, but the feedback we've had did say they felt different, they heard from different voices that they probably never would have heard from at a traditional communications event. Mm. Yeah, I think um, you know the. I think a lot of the success of the event was one of our panels was um, called Purpose Beyond Profit, and um, the moderator said, you know, this event has really embodied that message, and I think that's something that I definitely really loved being part of this was the opportunity to take something really, you know, with a really clear vision of, um, you know, making a difference in the world of work and doing things differently. And then thinking through, well, what does that look like in in an event format? And so, and I, we weren't doing things tokenistically, but we were challenging every element of it and saying, well, what would this look like if we were doing it differently? And then, you know, some things we thought, well, actually, that it that's that's what exists in events, and it's there because it works. And then there were some things where we thought, no, let's let's raise the game, let's do something different. And I think people really really resonated with that and it you know in a lot of the feedback they said that we we did things differently and it really paid off so I think that that was one of the the things that I think has has made the event really successful and kind of created this brand that people recognize as something that's gonna that that's gonna be different and out there and bold and uh, not afraid to sort of you know challenge the status quo and belong, you know, that was one of our big purposes. We wanted to be in, we wanted to create an event where everybody belonged, regardless of who they were or what their background was. We, they want, I want them to feel welcomed and supported and encouraged to speak up and be bold and be brave. Because when you have a safe environment to do that, you can, yeah. you know, explore your creativity a bit more and be bold and be brave and speak up and not fear being shot down or fear that you don't belong in that space. So not only did we have communicators in that room but we also had people from other professions and industries in there as well you know obviously with the work that we do it's majority communicators but I would say 40% of the room was people from different um, professions as well from HR learning and development um, business owners uh, and they all connected with each other and learned a lot you know not only from the people on stage but also for people in the room and we called our break times curious conversations because that's what we wanted people to be curious about each other 
not only about the speakers who were who were speaking on the day and it worked right and we 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 really put the you know our heart and soul into it and it was important it was it was much more important than the profit element of the event it was more about bringing together a community of like-minded people who weren't fearful of challenging status quo in organizations and in fact like-minded is probably not the right terminology it's bringing together people who want to do things differently yeah. Um, and that's what we I think we ended up doing. And the feedback, as Carly said, has been extremely positive. And we'll be doing Inner Rebel 2023 based on that. <laughs> For our sins, well, as I say. <laughs> I can't wait till uh, in until Inner Rebel 2023. Um, right. Thank you so much, you guys, for um, for being on this podcast. And yeah, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It's been great.